Before today's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, I want to tell you about our new podcast series, Super Scoreboard, the old firm through the decades, in association with Indigo Unified Communications. Join me, Hugh Evans, and a host of legends from both sides of the divide as we look at the history of the old firm derby from the 1960s to the present day. In the latest episode, Peter Grant and Ian Durant join me to look back on the rivalry in the 1980s. To listen, download the Radio Clyde app or search Super Scoreboard, the old firm through the decades, on your usual podcast app. 0141-951-1025 It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. No Ayeti or Forest for Celtic as they head to Bosnia for the crucial Europa League playoff. Steven Gerrard admits new signings could depend on getting past Galatasaray tomorrow, and three Kilmarnock players test positive for coronavirus. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi. Yes, Gordon, as you say, a big week again tomorrow night. It's the final playoff games, 90 minutes. Celtic in Bosnia against Sarajevo uh, for a place in the Europa League group stages and Rangers entertain Galatasaray. Two really tough fixtures uh, for the old firm sides and the transfer speculation about some of the players won't go away. Alfredo Morelos, Ryan Kent at Ibrox and Odson Edward and Olivier and Sham all under the microscope at different clubs. And as you say, Kilmarnock will their game go ahead on Friday night against Motherwell and for Scotland, Stephen Clapp all over the papers today saying that Hopefully the 22 year wait is going to be over And we're going to get positive results next week against Israel And the following month against either Norway or Serbia Serbia, let's Uh, wait and see Jim Duffy, we're usually over these qualification Mm -hmm. Yeah, Europa League qualifier nerves in July Mm -hmm. Because that's when they usually take place Mm -hmm. But they're rumbling on, the seasons are well underway And massive, massive games Mm -hmm. uh, for Celtic and Rangers tomorrow yeah, well, I mean, again, we, we, we usually have a, a, a kind of, you know, excuse in, in, in some of the other clubs in particular, maybe not so much the old firm, but uh, have uh, the excuses in the past about not having, you know, enough game time and other clubs are up to speed and all these sort of things. But that's certainly not been the case this time. And unfortunately, we lost two two clubs the last time round, but uh, both Rangers and Celtic um, still in there fighting. And, and this is the the last chance. It's it's a it's very difficult ties for both away to uh, Sarajevo and and at home to Galatasaray, but um, you know it's it's uh, also opportunities that um, you know we want to try and take. And I think if both teams play to their potential, um, mm-hmm. there's absolutely no doubt that we can have uh, both of them in the, the the group stages. And that's something that we always look forward to, Gordon. You know, you know it's different, the same as everything else at this moment in time with no fans. But certainly uh, for both clubs and Steven Gerrard, as I think is. As alluded in his press conference um, earlier, um, that uh, you know it might even have a, a major in, mm-hmm. impact on whether they can bring any other players in if, if they get if they get through into the group stages. Okay, the floor is yours. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five to let the guys know what's on your mind. Uh, at Clyde SSB is your Twitter option as well. Um, Mark, we two very different ties in the sense that Celtic heading to take on Sarajevo, who don't obviously have a, a European. Pedigree, mm-hmm. not a big name, but you've got the added challenge of it being away from home and it's one leg. Rangers, the opposite of that, a big name, a, 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 something nearing a glamour tie, Galatasaray, but it's at Ibrox, home comforts, albeit um, with no crowd. So, two very different challenges. Yeah, they are. And, um, you know, for Rangers, uh, 
as much as a form away from home in Europe is, is absolutely first class I'm sure that Stephen Gerrard will be delighted that it is a home game they don't face that travel uh, to Turkey they've also got a big league game uh, on Sunday for the international break at home in Ross County so take that into account um, it's a good one for Rangers but they will have to beat their very best um, you know from Alan McGregor to Conor Golson to James Tavernier is another one Who's got speculation about a transfer In the past 24 hours To to Ryan Kent Who has been the difference for Rangers I think he's been the, the informed player in Scottish football They'll need to be right on it And for Celtic um, As much as they won last week um, In Latvia It wasn't a vintage performance But they got the job done But they'll need to up it um, A bit against Sarajevo uh, tomorrow night That said Sarajevo will probably be a wee bit more open So it might allow Neil Lennon and these players To, to exploit that but again for Celtic One off 90 minutes Celtic have had some good results too Away from home um, But I think Celtic Because they're away from home Gordon uh, Slightly more difficult tie But both of them very difficult Right 01419511025 Don't hang about Get in touch with the guys And let them know your feelings Ahead of those two games tomorrow Particularly you Celtic fans With the, the kickoff time 7 o'clock This will be your last chance Really to predict your team Or tell us who should play And who shouldn't play By the time we come on tomorrow uh, The team news will be Pretty much confirmed So don't hang around Let us know who should play No Albina Yeti Or James Forrest So what should that starting 11 Look like for you Celtic fans Let's hear from you right now 01419511025 uh, A Yeti is expected to be back For the clash with Rangers After the international break But James Forrest facing a little bit longer On the sidelines Neil Lennon says it's just something They have to cope with Albion's case We were always concerned about the The sort of Lack of football he had had in the last sort of 12 months. We were sort of, you know, drip feeding him in and, you know, substitute, start, substitute, you know, working his way up to the full 90 minutes. But unfortunately, you know, he's um, pulled pulled the hamstring, but not too seriously. But that's indicative of, you know, just being out for such a length of time without any football. Um, so we've, in terms of injuries, we've been pretty okay so far this season. James E we're, we're a little bit concerned about because it's a sore one. Um, and like we said We haven't got a length of time on that Just as yet Great fascination about Celtic's Starting eleven at the moment Jim Because mm-hmm. going back The last couple of weeks It was you know Is it two strikers It is Ryan Christie mm-hmm. One of those strikers Odson Edward was then left out At the, the, the start against Hibs Jeremy Frimpong has been playing very well David Turnbull made an impression So There are still areas That are quite difficult to predict uh, Yes uh, I mean I think that um, You know for me you know the back five, if you want to call it, will, will stay. Um, I think uh, you know, obviously, um, beat on IR and and Duffy with. Uh, I think Frimpong's a certainty with uh, with Taylor. I can't see that Brown and McGregor are always gimmies. So whether Christie's fit or not, I think he'll go in there again, and I, I think it'll be the same. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, up until obviously Edward will come in for a jetty. So I mean, it's a very strong Celtic side, but you know, playing away to Sarajevo, I mean. I think Celtic took a bit of unfair criticism for the Riga game because Riga played like an away team. <laughs> you know, they completely camped and allowed Celtic, I think it was 70% possession away from home, which is really unusual. Celtic, you know, didn't really break them down as much and maybe weren't as slick as they could have been. But I still feel, well, you go away from home and dominate a much as you know a game as much as that? Yeah, it was the last minute for the score, but they thoroughly deserved the victory. Whereas I think Sarajevo, I, I would guess, would, would be a, a little bit more a little bit more positive uh, in coming towards Celtic. Obviously, Celtic still got one or two issues defensively and they're still trying to get that balance right. 
but if anything, I think it might suit Celtic a little bit. The fact that they, if they come out um, and have a go, because Celtic have got the, the players to exploit um, any spaces. Um, they've got the pace in the wide areas. They've got the quality, and as long as Neil Lennon can get you know, inside Edward's head, because he seems to be a little bit off the pace at this moment in time. So I think a, a wee conversation with him. Listen, we need you. You're you know a, you know such an important player for us. We really need you up for the for this game. We'll, we'll you know see what happens after it. But for this game, for the club, for what it means to everybody, we need a top class performance from Edward. And I think that's got to be uh, you know something that. Uh, you know, Edward is, is aware of, and if you get him at his best, then Celtic, it's a, it's a huge bonus for Celtic and their challenge to get through the group stages. Okay, Celtic fans, who should play tomorrow? Who shouldn't? How are you feeling ahead of this one? Confident? Any nerves given that it's the one off tie and anything can happen? All those uh, usual cliches that we've been hearing. You tell us 0141 Jerry is a Celtic fan and co winning first up tonight. Jerry, are you confident ahead of tomorrow? Hi, God. Yeah, I'm a bit more confident than I was last week. Um, I phoned up after the Riga game. I was very critical of Neil um, and the team. But after Hibs, watch, uh, seeing the highlights, I think as long as Neil doesn't do anything out of the ordinary, as long as he plays players in the right position, I would actually play 4-2-3-1. I would bring in El Hamid, play him at right back, and let Frimpong play on the right-hand side in that James Suarez role. Just let him attack. Don't let him worry about defending. Play Edward up top on his own with Christie behind him. And then you other side get El Unicey and Taylor. Um, you know, it it's, it's, it's makes common sense. Just have these players play in the right positions. Uh, let them attack this team. Because I don't think, you know, I know we're playing away, but I don't think we're playing a great team. We did beat them 18 months ago. So if we play in the right positions, I'm confident now after Hibs we'll get a result. Jerry, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I can't remember off the top of my head, but who was playing at a position last week against Riga? Just, just for for you, who who, who was? Well, definitely Christie, uh, uh, Jim, because he's not a striker. Yeah. I, I didn't understand what Neil was trying to do the last few weeks with Ryan Christie as a striker. Christie needs to be in the mid, midfield attacking, running at defences, mm-hmm. not waiting for the ball to come to him and trying to hold up. That's not his role. So as Christie plays in his natural position, he's a dynamite weapon. Mm-hmm. So let him play attacking midfield role. And, you know, Edward can run off uh, and sort of hold the ball up a bit better uh, as well. He's improved over the last 18 months. I know there's been a bit of media nonsense over the past couple of weeks. You know, will he, won't he stay? But, you know, he's still a quality player. Uh, let's not forget that. So mm-hmm. I'm very confident with Edward uh, playing as a striker. Mm-hmm. And Christie just behind him will get the goals. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think Christie plays there for the vast majority of the time anyway, and I think, as I said, if he's fit, um, I know he come off the game, and but Neil Lennon said he, he should be okay, mm-hmm. so we, we expect him to get back in again. Um, is he windy you know, or something? If I remember yeah, he said right. it was an awkward yeah. one, but I think it was just before half time, and I think that, that listen, they had David Turnbull to go on, they were winning the game two 0 and I, and I and I think that uh, you know it was a a relatively you know, comfortable uh, position to be in when you've got a, a three million pound player to to go in. You know, and and, and listen, David Turnbull was terrific. Obviously, I was at the game, and and uh, you know, he certainly looked very very relaxed in that role. But I, I, again, I don't see him changing the three at the back. I think that's something he'll stick with. I think you, I mean, Frimpong, you know, and, and Taylor. Um, you know that they can bomb up and down. Sometimes when you move players forward, we've had this debate about the, the Scotland squad. Can you play? You know, you know Andy Robertson one ahead. Sometimes even if it is somebody like that, like you're saying, Jerry about Frimpong, sometimes they need to come from deep. They need that space, and when the and when the space is you know is 
is is close to them. They're not quite cute enough like a James Forrest to come into the, the the you know the areas in the inside right channels if you want to call it that and and make those type of runs. And that takes a little bit more learning. I wouldn't risk that in this European game. I think you have to get through. So I wouldn't change. You know, you've just said keep players in the right positions. <laughs> Frimpong's right position is either right back or right wing back. I wouldn't change him. He's been he was exceptional again against Hibs. Uh, for me, he's 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 a real talent, and uh, you know I would I wouldn't be tweaking that at this moment in time. That's for sure. Just gonna sum up, Jerry, how big a game this is, or, or how important you personally feel it is. There was obviously all the disappointment after Ferenc Varos. Um, this is a a chance to get into the Europa League, and you only get one chance at it. We know that we don't have the two legs. Just just how much pressure is on tomorrow? To be honest, Gordon, I think it's more of an important uh, from a psychological standpoint. We don't want to be going out of Europe uh, this early. Obviously, with the current situation with COVID, we don't know what's going to happen with football. Football can get shut down in two months' time, and then we don't know when they're going to start up again. So from a psychological standpoint, you just want the players to be winning games, uh, keep that momentum going, uh, take it into the domestic scene, especially as it is you know, an important 10-in-a-row season. So psychologically, I don't know financially how much money we're going to make out of it this year, to be honest, with no crowds, but psychologically, it's a big deal. Yeah, in fact on that In terms of the, the benefits of it Or the importance of it Neil Lennon says Tomorrow night's result Will not have any bearing On players coming or going We want the week to end As quickly as possible We want to keep all the players If we can add one To the squad, great If we can't You know, I'm still very happy With the bunch of players That I've got You know, and they will get better now They'll, it'll set, Things will settle down There'll be um, You know, a lot more focus on, on our season After that You know, the club are going to be and are quite strong on that. We don't want anyone to leave. We want to keep all our assets. And regardless of the result tomorrow night, that'll be the case. And we'll get into this actually with Stephen Gerrard a bit later as well. Mark, who's got a slightly different take on it. Finances are one thing, mm-hmm. but the one thing that Neil, the other thing that Neil Lennon can't really legislate or can't speak for is a player's appetite. Whether that be a player wanting to to stay or a player wanting to come to a club, mm-hmm. that's the bit that. Doesn't matter what your finances look like, you know, European football is a carrot to some players. Yeah, um, you know, try to get players in the door. You know, he, he might be happy what he's got, but if he loses one or two, he might need to, you know, get to work, and the board might need to get to to work. Um, don't want to chase Edward out the door because a quality player, and you want to see them stay in Scottish football. But but there does appear to be something no right with me. I just watched the highlights of of, of the sports scene on on Sunday night, all the games, and I think it was Celtic's third goal. And even he's, he's not even held it upright. It's a tackle that's put it through to Turnbull and a beautiful pass from Turnbull. Um, Only said the, he just wasn't in good form at the moment. Aye, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think there's more. I think there's more to it. And when it gets to that stage, as we've said all along, if a player wants to leave, nine times out of ten they get to go because a you don't want to keep an unhappy player. B you don't want to miss out on the chance of getting tens of millions and then if they don't turn it on for the next three or four months their value drops etc etc so the Edward one for me between now uh, and Monday night is going to be very very uh, interesting and I think Celtic are going to have some bids to look at for him I mean Jerry, you, you think psychologically it's important to go through because then you know you're, you're confident you're a, you're a European footballing side and you can perhaps Flourish going on You know what we're like In this part of the world You sometimes hear The alternative And said, Oh I don't know European football It might be a distraction Do you buy into that at all? No uh, we, We've uh, got the squad Gordon To cope with uh, You know Europa League campaign 
Um, unlike Rangers, uh, we have proven you know, we have the mentality to win league titles. Um, you don't have any Celtic players coming out and saying that they can't handle the pressure when the pressure's on. Uh, so we've got winners in our squad. Um, Rangers don't... Uh, you know, and I was going to actually have a wee pop at Shu if he was on tonight, but um, he's been going on about how Rangers now will provide a title challenge. But I wanted to ask him, you know, how can he back that up? Because if the season ends in December, he absolutely is right. But the last two years, Rangers have collapsed after January. So if it goes on to me, I think the same thing will happen again. I think they will be able to handle the pressure. Uh, their own players have come out and admitted that they can't. And as Shu keeps saying, this season is going to be bigger than any other season in recent history. Um, the Celtic players have proven they can handle the pressure Rangers players haven't uh, that's, that's just my opinion but I stand by it I certainly wouldn't want to speak on behalf of anyone Never mind uh, Hugh Keevans no, It's just a judgement call Based on what he's seen yeah. so far He's been wrong before I'm sure many <laughs> people know that um, But then similarly Just because something mm-hmm. happened Previously to, to rain doesn't doesn't mean it'll happen again. It's just, yeah. it's just listen. Big... You can you can look at it two ways. You can look at it and say yeah. I mean, well, that's it's, you know the last couple of years. You know, Rangers haven't managed to sustain um, their, their, their kind of first uh, half of the season for them. Or you can say maybe they've learned and you know maybe they've understood it. But listen, you know, regardless of that, Rangers have to win a trophy somewhere along the line under Stephen Gerrard. I think to to make it a successful tenure. I think that you know he's had real backing from his board. Uh, over the last couple of years, they've brought in and they have changed the squad several times, um, you know, um, to, to, to really support their manager. And I think that has to be rewarded with silverware of sort of, of some sort. You know, whether that's a cup or, or, of course, from the Rangers fans, they, they want that as a league, uh, as, the, as number one priority. But... You know there has to be there has to be to, to to make a successful tenure to me there has to be a trophy somewhere along the Let, line this season. Let's see what can I nick both squads are in come Tuesday morning and then we'll be able all of us, Jerry included, Hugh, myself, Duff, you, mm. will then be able to make a more considered call one because that, that's your squad for the next three and a half months. You've then got the, the first old firm game of the season um, right after that. So you know I think there's a few twists and turns to come at both clubs between now and Monday night. All right, thank you very much, Jerry and co-winning 01419511025, and it uh, leads us on nicely because we're just discussing the importance of Europe and what it can mean psychologically, what it can mean for your pulling power with regards to signing players. Well, Stephen Gerrard uh, admits Rangers may have to knock Galatasaray out to get the signings that he wants. So, Rangers fans, good time for you to call 01419511025. We'll hear from Stephen Gerrard next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Massive midweek of football for our European representative Celtic heading to Bosnia without a Yeti or Forest, as we mentioned in the first part of the show. Rangers are at home against Galatasaray, so plenty to look forward to tomorrow night. Plenty of time for you to get all your thoughts in before those games. 0141-951-1025. Put your points to Mark or Jim. And uh, let's see what we can come up with Steven Gerrard admits Rangers may have to knock out Galatasaray If he's to get his hands on some new signings that he wants He's made no secret of his desire to add another player before Monday's deadline But he accepts that tomorrow's outcome uh, may have an important part to play in that I think I've made it pretty clear what I feel we need um, But I also respect the club's position and the current climate and the situation that we're in um, I do think that 
you know, depending on whether we qualify or not, would depend on what we try and do in in the final days. Um, but you know, I think that's a question for people that are above me at the club. Um, I can't really answer that question right now, but I've made it pretty clear what I feel we need to keep moving forward to make sure that we don't stand still. So a different take from Neil Lennon in the first part of the show, Mark, but doesn't get more you know clear than that. You know, that that's the importance of the Europa League. Yeah. If we want new players then we, we might need to go through and get the money for it. Yeah, I mean the, the I think the priority signing that if he was allowed one more in, I think Stephen Gerrard would go for Daniel Johnson at Preston North End. There, there's definitely an attraction there. He's a quality quality midfielder and right from the summer Rangers have wanted another body um in the engine room. They've got good options middle to front, but just somebody that just gives them an extra bit of uh, solidity So that would be The the target Now if, if you get into Europe You could certainly go and uh, Speak to Preston Do a bit of business If you don't Or even if you do Is it a case of Is Morello still hanking Get away Would the club still prefer To to, to sell him and, and cash in him and, and get you know Millions and millions uh, Of pounds So I'm sure there'll be Discussions between Morelos's people And uh, the, the Rangers board Again I wouldn't be surprised If, if Alfredo Morelos Is away uh, On Monday night um, by Monday night But if he stays He certainly appeared to be To be switched on uh, And in the mood In the past couple of games Which is, is good for Steven Gerrard But the, to go back to it Yeah if there's one more in I think it'll be Daniel Johnson But the, the information down south Appears to be Round about Two and a half million pounds Transfer fee Jim is that statement From Steven Gerrard Right there Is that why you can't Separate the two Because I referenced it earlier We get some fans in this part of the world To say do you know what I don't think it would be the worst If we went out Because it would allow us To concentrate in the league We won't get distracted We won't have Thursday, Sunday Thursday, mm-hmm. Sunday But Stephen Gerrard there Is pretty much saying That he feels his chances Of winning the league Would be bolstered by new players mm-hmm. And those new players Can only arrive If you get the money From the Europa League So you can't separate them Yeah and also You know with a, a big club You know you, you, you want that competition For places But you also you know, games, different st- styles and different, you know, using your squad and that gives these, if you want to call it players, big games to look forward to. If they're only getting the odd part of the game, if you, if you only had a domestic campaign to look forward to, you might not get that much game time. You know, I know that if they would play, if, if for instance, if, if Rangers were knocked out and Celtic were in it, they would be playing pretty much before Celtic all the time. So that could be seen as an advantage. But listen, top managers and top clubs want big squads. They want two players for every position, minimum. And, uh, you know, and if Rangers get the, you know, the whatever money it is that comes through from UEFA um, to, you know, take the fact that they're not getting any fans in, but they will get, um, you know, money from UEFA, um, then they see that as, as an opportunity to make their squad stronger and ultimately compete with Celtic for this title. Because he knows that that's what he needs. And Celtic probably don't need... That option because they think they have a little bit more money in the bank. Um, or they definitely have more money in the bank. So I don't think that would affect Celtic quite the same. But Stephen Gerrard has said there, listen, if it happens, then fine. If it doesn't happen, then he's he's mm-hmm. he's he's got to he's got to deal with the squad he's got. Right, John is a Rangers fan in Canvas Lang. What, what do you think of that, John? Stephen Gerrard there been very open in admitting that, you know, if he wants a new midfielder, if he wants a new player, need to get the business done tomorrow night. What do you make of that? Uh, well, what he's saying is probably right, but uh, keeping the players we've got to know is really important. First time, uh, first couple of years, we've probably had sellable assets at Ibrooks, uh, Tavernier, Morelos, Kent, Barisic, and he, he obviously, apart from Morelos, he brought the players in, and 
Uh, I think selling anybody now, if, even if we don't go through in Europe, it could cost us through the season in the league. And I think it's important keeping on the players. And whether we get one one more player in or not, depending on how we do in Europe. I mean, Stephen Gerrard is a proud man. He's qualifying uh, record for qualifying games. I don't think we've been beat. <laughs> I, I think he, he won't want to lose tomorrow night to Galatasaray. And if it does get another couple of million into Bayern up there, so be it. But as you say, with no fans being there, and we don't even know how much money is, is compared to what you get for the Champions League, it might only be a couple of million pounds. So mm-hmm. that might not even be enough to even get another player in. But I think it's more important just keeping these players at Tavernier, obviously. It's all people talking a few days to the end of the transfer window. Uh, Tavernier being linked to West Ham. I just, I feel, if we do sell a player, I feel as if hopefully we get the value for the player because years gone by selling players for no better work just because they come from Scotland. I think that the days are gone for Rangers and the Tavernier's are a right back who scored 52 goals and 34 assists for Rangers. He started the season with a bang, six, uh, six goals, so many assists. I mean, if they, they want to come up and chance around there, but it's going to be big money because he's our captain as well. So we shouldn't be selling our players for any any less than what they're worth now. Mm-hmm. And if uh, Team England might come in and bid for their players, they better come up with a, a decent bid. I, I'll just laugh away back down the road. I don't know what the panel think. Well, the club, clubs down south will bid what they want to bid, um, John. Then it's up to the Rangers to, to either... Um, not back the bid or, or give the, the the player in question permission to go and speak to the club if a bid's accepted but you're right ideally Stephen Gerrard will want to hang on to all of his good players that said if money big money bids come in I think particularly for somebody like Alfredo uh, Morelos Rangers have, have got to look at them they've spent millions and millions of pounds as you say they've got five or six really good assets at the club now they haven't cashed in on anybody so far but at some point you need to try and balance the books And bearing in mind There's no supporters Getting into football Anytime soon So the lost revenue And income um, You know for Rangers And Celtic It could be Up to a million quid a month That they're losing Just an income That they would normally have Because of fans And the different things uh, Around about the game So um, Stephen Gerrard Like every manager will, will try and put pressure On his board To give him that wee bit more That wee bit more Try and get that one more Signing over the line But Rangers have spent heavily They haven't brought anything in yet So it could well be That they, they need to sell someone Before they can bring uh, Another one in James is that where the size Of this season And the emotions That, that surround that season Come into it Because it, As Mark says At some point you have to sell your assets It's actually a good thing I know that fans don't like to see their best players leaving But if you can sign players relatively cheap And move them on for big money That's a good thing nowadays And it should be seen as a success But given what's at stake Do you just feel it's not the right time? You know, John John, sorry, my apologies <laughs> I've got James on the other line yeah, That's why <laughs> On you go, John I thought he was just I talking call, to me. I thought you were calling uh, talking to John. Yeah, yeah, I so so I anyway, sorry, John, on you go. Uh, well, at the end of the day, is, I mean, selling we might if we sell a player and it costs us the league. That's that could cost that could cost Stephen Gerrard his job. But as a, I suppose, as a balancing act, I've spent a lot of money in the summer and. I mean, it's business. We might need to sell somebody, but I just don't want to sell somebody for less than what they're worth. That's that's yeah. my my worry that we get uh, a team coming up and they they bid and we want to take a player on loan and the board goes. What do you think Tavernier's worth, John? Moment, quite... What's a realistic price for Tavernier? 
10 million 10 What about Morelos? I would say 18 million 18. But Because last couple of games He's come on As you're saying He's looked a better player His link up plays Actually got better The last couple of games He looks less selfish He's not taking as many shots he's, It looks as if He's been a team player The last couple of games mm. Even though he's no, he scored Five goals this season And that's had no uh, No had a good season uh, Other players have scored been about the same goal, uh, Goals this season they're, they're having a good season So It's not a bit Where you want to look at it I feel the last two games His link up play Has been really good And unselfish But It depends what somebody's Going to come in if, I mean If it was a bidding war You're going to get mayor If it's one team It might be even About 18 million If it was last, Start of last season In January You're talking 20 plus But Everybody's got a price in football mm-hmm. uh, J- James who is now on the other line in Paisley I think we're in danger of stealing your thunder here James So just you come straight in with your point Because I know it was on a, a similar yeah. theme wasn't it James on the other line had the exact <laughs> same point unfortunately same almost word for word. So yeah so basically um, I want to talk about this James Tavernier thing And I, I was just listening to another guy saying about 10 million is a realistic value I was actually trying to go on last night to speak to Gordon because about two weeks ago maybe Gordon was talking about the kind of comparisons or the lack of comparisons between Tavernier and Tierney and how they're worlds apart. But as the guy just said a wee second ago, 51 goals, 78 assists I think he's got, something like that, in 250 games. That's their stats that are better than a lot of strikers that have been at Rangers. I, I just to, to say that he's not even, that he's worth 10 million as opposed to Tierney being 25 I think that's it's ludicrous. I think he is so valuable to Rangers, so valuable. Yeah, I think James. Uh, you know, I mean, listen, Gordon, more than capable of speaking for himself. But I think maybe you're looking at resale value and things like that. So, turn, 20, uh, he's yeah, about 20, to turn. He's about to turn twenty nine. Yeah. So I think yeah. that you know you buy sometimes a player with potential, potential as well. So if you buy him for twenty twenty five million, um, Tierney, then if he does well for Arsenal. Then there's every chance that, you know, that uh, particularly down south, you know, we'll see it with John McGinn. You know, you go for three, three and a half million, however it happens to be, you're back to buy John McGinn now, you're 10 times that, you're 35 million, whatever. So, listen, I think what you don't do is compare players down south with players in Scotland because you won't get real value. Uh, you'll always be a bargain in Scotland, regardless of how talented they are. So you can say, like, you know, uh, you know, Joe will go to Chelsea, is it 50, 50 million for a full back? And, you know, Watkins going to Aston Villa for nearly 30 millions. But would you would you look at Ryan Kent or would you look at James Tavernier or would you look at Morelis or these kind of guys? You're not getting anywhere near these figures. That's just the way it is down south. I think you just have to, as, as Mark just said there, listen, if you're in the position where somebody comes in and offers you a significant amount of money, and your club require that amount of money to balance the books or to help balance the books, then it has to be considered. But I think when you when you actually start comparing them with players down south, you'll never get true value. Never for a Scottish player, uh, for a player playing in Scotland. Sorry. The thing is, uh, James, twenty nine is not it's not exactly re- retirement age. I mean, pl- plenty of life left, James. But th- there is a difference here. That that's the problem that we have, isn't it? We always are desperate to compare this player's transfer fee with that player's transfer fee based on purely someone's opinion that they're a similar level of player, but there are a lot of other factors that we sometimes ignore. Yeah, definitely, I think so. And I know this is a bit of a, an out-there statement, but um, I'm going to throw it out there. If Rangers can manage to win the title this year at 250 grand, which Tavernier cost, and I think if he's going to stay for another couple of seasons at least, when he finishes by, by just going with his stats... I think he'll be up there 
maybe not not as good as Larson, but he'll be up there as one of the greatest purchases or in Scottish football history for two hundred and fifty grand, getting a right back that's going to score you. 70-80 goals plus over 100 assists you'll probably finish on no, I, th- I think it's brilliant you, think you, you, amazing business I think it's yeah, listen I, I agree with you in terms of business but I think it's great that the you know the, the swing of opinion on James Tavernier this season because last season he was getting unbelievable stick from a lot of Rangers fans you know, you know the yeah, post the winter break, it became yeah, a bit of a target. I mean, yeah, didn't it? I, yeah, and, and I think unfairly the program listen, notes I, and all that as well didn't help. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I know he, he should have been some, protected yeah. from that. To be I, fair, I understand that, but I don't know whether the fact is that he's one of those players that's actually thriving with no fans because you know if he makes a mistake, he was he, he was a bit of a fall guy at times. Yeah. Fans were on his on his back a few times, and he did look a bit nervous a few uh, in a few occasions. But the fact is that he's playing with real freedom. I agree with you, James. He's, 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 I mean, to the amount of assists he's got, his delivery, his goals. Tell yeah, we know there's a few penalties in there and free kicks, but take all that, take nothing away from him. And, and again, in the modern day game, he's an exceptional mm. right back. There's no question about it. Mark, your eyebrows did something when James brought Henrik Larsson into it. Was that an agreement or disagreement? No, I, I, I couldn't. You know, I'm a, a huge fan of James Tavernier, and actually, I was about to make the same point that James, regardless whether you know James, and I think James Tavernier mm. uh, will stay. I don't see. See him being sold this window, but whether he's worth six million, eight million, ten million, twelve, fourteen million, he's been an outstanding piece of business by Matt Warburton and, and David Weir, as you said, James, to identify him uh, for two hundred and fifty, three hundred grand in that uh, double deal um, from from Wigan. So he's been exceptional. No, I couldn't mention him in the same breath as Henrik. Uh, last Henrik last is a guy that scored winning goals in big European games. I know that that was his position because he's he's a striker. Multiple but, trophy wins. Yeah, you know goals in a in, in the FA Cup final and stuff like that. James Tavernier still to lead uh, Rangers to to a piece of silverware, but he has been exceptional um, for Rangers. Been a great signing, and you know, you say whatever it was, it, it could be worth that. You know. 20, 30, 40, 50 times the amount of money that, that he paid from. But I don't think he'll be one of the ones away. I think he's going to be be loyal to the club. He's valued by Steven Gerrard and the staff. He's valued uh, by the supporters. And he is absolutely determined to be the Rangers captain that stops 10 in a row from happening. Now, I'm not naive enough to think that everyone in this city will unite behind Rangers tomorrow because that's just not the way we do business some might some might be able to put club rivalries aside however uh, a win tomorrow could help Scotland overtake Turkey in the coefficient rankings it's the it's the coefficient equivalent of a six pointer because we've got the chance to not only gain ourselves uh, but prevent our closest rivals what that would do is potentially secure an automatic Champions League slot for the Premiership winners Stephen Gerrard says that would just be an extra bonus yeah, I think it'll be a big boost uh, to the country. You know, it's something that they haven't had for a long time. Um, you know, I think the teams in Scotland have been working ever so hard to improve that, plugging away and chipping away at it to improve it. I think we've played our part, so I'm very proud of the players and what we've done as a club to improve the coefficient. But as you say, the main priority is to always focus on ourselves. And um, as you say, it's a huge fixture for us and it's vitally important that we try and um, Get through it and come come out victorious tomorrow. I mean, Mark, an automatic Champions League slot that would be absolutely brilliant for us as a country. Yeah. And if the Celtic fans, like the ones we've had on the show tonight, are, are that confident that they're going to go on and win the league, surely they'd be desperate for Rangers to win tomorrow. No? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. As long as Celtic win, they'd be desperate. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, th- win, I, I think that the, from that I'm not point, being but, but, holy serious, but nah, I, th- nah, I think no. To be honest, I think the 
I think they would be You know one guaranteed slot It makes a hell of a difference uh, Gordon And also What you are saying earlier Fancy well We don't Kind of We're nobody that bothered If we get knocked out tomorrow night I, th- I think there'll be a concern On either side Let's say for example Rangers get through and Celtic don't Oh, Rangers fan would be delighted Steam Jar died But there'd be a wee niggle oh, They don't have that Thursday Sunday shift now They've got clear midweeks In the first half of the season And likewise vice versa If Celtic get through And Rangers don't Celtic will be happy But they'll also be saying mm, Well you know Maybe I'd rather have the clear run So um, There's pros and cons So uh, I think you you want both clubs Either both out Obviously Or, or, or both through uh, Obviously And I think uh, I think both will Will sneak through But very very nervy In both games James good to hear from you tonight That was James in Paisley 01419511025 It's an ideal time to call Because we're going to get travel with Stephen And that means you could be up next 01419511025 This is Scottish football's League leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard we are on Twitter as well as the phones at Clyde SSB and this just shows you the, the wide range of, of opinions on the topic so Reno is on Gordon I'm a Rangers season ticket holder I hope Rangers get put out tomorrow and Celtic get to the group stages this outcome would boost our chances domestically Europe is a bonus but we're judged domestically mm. even though we've just heard from Stephen Gerrard saying he wants to strengthen his squad in an attempt to win domestically And needs to succeed in Europe Why is Why do we want to separate these things so much? Hey, I don't know But I can see I can see his point I totally uh, see his point Ideally you want to be involved I think as long as Both go through I thought it was a problem But if one goes through And the other doesn't you, If you get knocked out tomorrow night You can find a positive spin In terms of what it means Yeah I mean to be fair On the flip side Brian has tweeted in as a Celtic fan Of course I want Rangers to win A double whammy Guaranteed Champions League Qualification yeah. place yeah. Uh, And Rangers playing Thursday Sunday Regardless of Celtic winning tomorrow So like you say You can but Gordon see that I mean so when you say, I was totally unaware of that Until you mentioned that there But that just means The league champion Wins the, the league And time when that kicks in That's 30 million quid Guaranteed, guaranteed yeah. To win the Scottish title And the nervousness and the drama of that mid-July to the end of August, all those uh, qualifiers you've got to play, you know, one in the league becomes, you know, just it's, it's, it's bigger than 10 in a row. It's 30 million quid guaranteed for winning the Scottish for the, the Scottish title. Yeah, it's just one of those quirks of the, the draw, Jim. Mm. Rangers could have been paired with a team from any number of UEFA's nations. Yeah. It so happens it's Turkey. It so mm. happens they're the, the ones that we need to try and mm-hmm. get one over on yeah. as, as a nation if we want that automatic Champions League spot. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, a, an unbelievable incentive for Scottish football. Um, the fact that Rangers have done well in, in, in the last couple of years under Steven Gerrard and, 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 and as I said, and, you know, Celtic obviously have always been the kind of last couple, you know, up until, you know, recently, um, you know. The, the kind of standard bearers If you want to call it So it's it's really Important for You know Both clubs to win But as you mentioned The fact is that The, the Turkey's in The nearest countries So if we can manage to, to get that result It would be a huge I mean just You could not underestimate How important um, That is for Scottish football I, I can't remember When the last time There was an automatic Position yeah, it, A long it was time ago Mid 2000s wasn't it Mark yeah, and The reason I remember it is Gordon yeah. Strachan And Walter Smith about 10 years ago more, more, more than that. So yeah, I mean, Mark, Mark Wilson was involved in one of the seasons. Yeah, he you, tells can us. Back, yeah. you can back 
13, 14 years I mean well that just shows you how, how, how incredibly important it is financially everything you know I mean you could you can plan you know way in advance if uh, you know you, you, your players your squad your players can get a little bit of an extra holiday you know yeah. all these sort of things but listen um, you know let, let's just see and keep our fingers yeah, crossed that both clubs can, can achieve success tomorrow night. let's bring in Ken who's a Celtic fan Ken how are you feeling ahead of tomorrow I'm, I'm feeling actually quite comfortable about it. I mean, I understand what that Rangers fan is talking about. I mean, if we went out and Rangers went through, then yeah, the upper hand would be in us for the league anyway. You know, but for the financial reasons, I want Celtic to, to go through. Not just for Celtic. I mean, I don't know if it's the same with Europa League. I know with the Champions League that the uh, money drips down the, to, to, to other teams in the league. I don't know if that's the same with Europa League. You know, if it is, then it's good for the the other clubs they may not get as much as they would if it was Champions League money but at this moment in time with the financial constraints that all the clubs are under they would be grateful for any amount of double down to them I'm sure Is there more to it than that as well Ken? Because I think the finances is, an o- is a, a fairly obvious one and then people are bringing in the, the schedule you know the, the prospect of having these in un- uninterrupted midweeks and, and what that would do to your rival but what about the psychology of it all? What what about that feel good factor that comes with qualifying from Europe and having confidence and belief in what you're doing? And I know it can be tough, and I know that it, it can be a strain on the players' legs. But you you go on a Thursday night and you get a brilliant result against a good side. What about the the stuff that that does for your confidence levels? The stuff that you can't measure? Are we maybe overlooking that? Yeah, maybe a wee bit. I mean, I I think the the confidence in the Celtic players and that Celtic squad. More, a number of them have been there for a few years now and it's just continuing on season after season I'm going to have many problems with it and I do think as you said if we continue on in the Europa League then that builds our confidence up even more and I think that we do have a good enough squad to do the two to do the league and to, to go far uh, in the Europa League well, I don't know if we can win it but we're good enough I think, to get out of the group stages and maybe a stage beyond that you know, and I think the the, uh, the squad's mentality, I do think, is there to do it. And I don't think they'll have any problem with their mentality during the games in Europa League or the domestic league. I think that, uh, you know, the players love to play in Europe. There's no doubt about it. Of course, when, you know, there's fans here, we, we say this all the time, the atmosphere's unbelievable, there's an extra edge. But also in Scottish domestic football, you play each other minimum four times, minimum. Then you could have played them. You could play them in both cups, but in one cup, so you can be four or five times the same opposition. You can round the stadiums every nine, ten games, etc. But when you're playing new, a different type of opposition, different stadiums, different countries, different style, you know all these things. Players absolutely love that, you know. And and, and as I said, and you know, take take the fans aside at this moment in time, which is. Uh, is, is, is obviously we know it's not going to happen with the atmosphere but just playing a mm-hmm. different style of football and what's required a different discipline uh, and you know can, even, can make even, you a better team yeah also you know players over the over the last few years have had good moves um, by having good performances yeah. in European football and I think it definitely helps if they have got ambitions mm-hmm. to move to bigger leagues that if you can play European football and do it against those teams I mean Rangers for instance, one and four, nothing about Villam too, would get much more, um, you know, you know, publicity, and and you, and you would get much more credit for winning that than you would going up to Aberdeen and one and four now, even though it's such a tough game. But you know that type of thing definitely enhances your reputation as a football club, a football manager, 
And the players Yeah What about the team For tomorrow Ken No a Yeti Or Forrest Well I mean I was I was saying A, a, a back falling It would be like Taylor uh, Duffy If he's fat uh, Julian And Frimpong Because Frimpong Can go down that uh, Left wing Since Forrest Isn't there And then I was also In the midfield I would have uh, Brown McGregor Christie And El Yunusi And up front I would have Edward with Clamala. Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, listen, I don't, uh, Ken. I think that that'll be a a side that uh, Neil Lennon will pick. I mean, it's a four four two. No, it's not four four two. Yeah, he's went well. He's went four four two. Um, but I don't. I don't think that um, that'll happen. I, I don't see Clamala playing alongside um, Edward. Um, again, as I said, my own personal opinion. I think he'll stick with the three at the back. Um, I think it's something that he wants, and I think you'll have that extra. If you want to call it midfielder, whether it's Elanusi or whether it's Christie playing off Edward, because um, you could bring in and Cham into the middle of the pitch mm-hmm. to give him a little bit more security in there, if you want to call it that, um, in Europe. But I, I don't see the, the, the system changing too much. I, th- I think it'll be the three at the back, um, the five uh, in midfield, and either, you know, either Christie or Elanusi yep. playing off Edward. Ken, you're a good man. Thanks for calling. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish football. In truth, I've only just gotten over last night's Beat the Pundit when Gordon DL thought that Queen of the South played in the town of Palmerston. Uh, and it was one of a few mistakes that he made. So let's see if we can get uh, a similarly positive outcome for the listeners tonight. It's 01419511025. You come on here, get as many questions right as you can, and if it's more than the pundit, you win a sign ball. It is that simple. The lines do close at seven o'clock though, so don't hang about. Beat the pundits next. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy's here, Mark Guidi is alongside and we're building up to a huge night of European qualification action for Celtic and Rangers tomorrow but we're talking the knock-on effects, the bigger picture transfers, coefficient, all the the bonuses that come with getting through in Europe we're trying to cover it all keep your calls coming in 01419511025 um, this will make you feel old do you remember Galatasaray, they came to Ibrooks. 20 years ago almost the, yeah, Next I was, month I was at the, uh, the anniversary I was at 20 the months. Away fixture My one and only time In Istanbul And, and in Turkey And I, at that time I was, I was I was working for the BBC And I remember Going on radio And I was like Oh no I don't, <laughs> I don't like this city <laughs> I don't like it at all And it was um, The veteran manager Was in charge of Galatasaray At that time Lechescu The remaining mm-hmm. um, I think went back and forward Two or three times To, to the club But yeah Dick Advocates team yeah. Remember it well Well you'll get the chance To reminisce Because we're going to speak To someone who had Their first ever start At Ibrox In that game we'll, You'll hear from him After we do this Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Always room for Beat the pundit Especially if it gives the listeners the chance of winning the sign ball like they did last week. So we're up and running for the listeners on a new week. Let's bring in Keith in Bishop Briggs. How's it going, Keith? Hi, how you doing, Gordon? Not too bad at all. How's things? This is your first Beat the Pundit outing, am I right? First Beat the Pundit. It's my debut tonight. Right, why we'll tonight? See. We'll see how we go. Why tonight? Is you, <laughs> have you just listened for oh, years and you've eventually been tipped over the edge? Do you know what? One of my mates has actually been on recently. Well, with fairly recently and I think he did not too bad so I just want the bragging rights with him did he win that's the, that's the idea behind it 
I actually don't think he did. No, I think he got beat. I can't remember who it was that beat him. But somebody, somebody did, somebody did beat him. Yeah. I'm noticing a wee theme here because I think one of the, the I put that to someone recently. What made you phone in tonight? And they said the exact same thing. My mate phoned. It's the yeah. peer pressure. Yeah, that's it. So right, dragon rights. Let's see how we go on heads. The pressure's on though because I've got a football team. I play for a football team, and they're all going to be listening to me tonight. <laughs> What's the team? So I'm going to get flagged. Uh, they're called Partizan Glasgow. Right okay I'm glad you got that out um, now Because if you have a stinker You wouldn't have admitted it later on So that's why we got you uh, Right to the partisan Glasgow guys Who are all listening out to see uh, How Keith pressure. does what, what position do you play Keith? Uh, I'm playing left back at the moment Oh everybody always slags the left backs The full backs and amateur football You just get stuck there Trust me I've, I've seen that movie before Right heads uh, Keith will take on Mark Weary And tails it will be Jim Duffy and it is Tails Jim Duffy Up against Keith From Bishop Briggs So So we have a local derby as well yeah, Is it not? Yeah. Right, yeah From your, your neck of the woods yeah. You can drop the ball off When Keith batters you tonight <laughs> Of course Right I'll give you some Clyde too Jim Just so that you don't know Keith's answers Keith here's the deal I'm sure you've heard it before But 30 seconds on the clock Yeah Just answer as many as you can And if you don't know it Pass quickly And we'll get on to the next one Okay Sounds good to me Thanks very much Right Keith the starting left back for Partizan Glasgow Your time <laughs> starts now Who was the Hamilton manager immediately before Brian Rice? Oh, pass Name any of the three goalkeepers included in yesterday's Scotland squad uh, Craig Gordon What's the traditional name of Partick Thistle's home ground? Farhill Which English side does James Rodriguez play for? He plays for Everton In what year did Rangers last win the League Cup? Uh, 2012 Who did Celtic re-sign from Aston Villa in 2008? Oh, that wouldn't have been Oh, he dived in Have to take your first answer Let's bring Jim back Jim, can you hear us? Yep Same set of questions to you 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts now Who was the Hamilton manager immediately before Brian Rice? Martin Cannon Name any of the goalkeepers included in yesterday's Scotland squad David Marshall what is the traditional name of Partick Thistle's home ground? Farhill. Which English side does James Rodriguez play for? Everton. In what year did Rangers last win the League Cup? 2013. Who did Celtic re-sign from Aston Villa in 2008? Sean Maloney. Who is the manager of the French national side? Uh, Didier Deschamps. Okay. Keith, give us a verdict. Oh, I think he's I think he's beat me But I, I don't think I've done I'm hoping I've done alright I'm hoping I've done alright As long as it's respectable <laughs> Let's find out Let's find <laughs> out Who was the Hamilton manager Immediately before Brian Rice It was Martin Canning 1-0 to Jim Keith yeah. You had the choice Of David Marshall John McLaughlin Or Robbie McCrory, McCrory. Not Craig Gordon oh, Unfortunately 2-0 uh, to Jim no, you got up and running though. The, the biggest nightmare when we've had a zero this week already uh, on the listeners. So you managed to escape that. For Hill, you also got James Rodriguez plays for Everton, but unfortunately for you, so did Jim. So it's four two. In what year did Rangers last win the League Cup? Twenty eleven. None of you got that. Who did Celtic re-sign from Aston Villa in two thousand and eight? You knew you had this one wrong, Keith, didn't you? I didn't indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who did he say? Petrov. Right. Uh, so Jim gets that five Just two. Just Aston Villa. Exactly. Uh, he dived in. Yellow card for you. Um, the manager of the French national side is Didier Deschamps. So one, two, three, four, five. A six for Jim Duffy, and a two for Keith in Bishop Briggs. Keith, does does that qualify as respectable? Definitely not. He's absolutely nah, hammered me. I think you're He's right. Hammered me. Yeah. I think so, you're right. When when are you training next I'm, with the Partizan Glasgow? Tonight. 
Oh, you're getting, getting dogged. <laughs> you're getting dogged, right? Exactly. Keith, exactly. Do you know what, though? You were brave enough to come on the phone and try it, so see if the rest very of your teammates cool. fancy very it cool. another time. Good man. Cheers, Keith. I will do. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers for having me. Well Cheers, done, Keith. Duff was great there get, getting six, but I don't know about you, mm. Duff, but. Producer Dan saying This is the toughest Tough. This is the toughest Beat the pundit in a long long time I have to say I, I, think this, I think the questions Were fairly Straightforward right. a, few, a few of them were Who plays easy. it for Who plays for <laughs> the party Who, who does Hamez Rodriguez I think yeah. the, the biggest on, ones you'll always have on, is dates, Dan. isn't it? You know, like when yeah. Rangers were... Because, you, yeah. you know, sometimes you get, you get a year or two out, but I don't have a problem with the questions. I thought they were fine. It's just... It's the fact that you combine that with mm. the fact that he came through five minutes ago and bragged how difficult they were. Mm. That's the bit yeah, I can't that, get. Right, Excuse exactly. me. They were unbelievably <laughs> difficult, Dan. Unbelievable. Uh, just the fact that I knew some of them, that was all. If you say so. Right, 01419511025 to get back to the phones. Let us know your thoughts ahead of a huge week. Of Europa League playoff action Like we mentioned before Beat the pundit Rangers Against Galatasaray 20 years ago In a couple of weeks um, Peter Lovenkrantz Made his first ever start At Ibrox in that match uh, He joins us on the line Peter thanks for joining us Before we get into the football I'm just wondering How old that makes you feel <laughs> Thanks for having me guys um, I know that's uh, Just for you saying The 20 years That's uh... That's a bit of an eye opener, I think. Uh, ah, you must have been a ball boy, Peter. You were that young. <laughs> a ball boy. Your first gig was a ball boy. No, I know. I felt like it probably that time, yeah. Uh, well, on a serious note, Peter, what, what are your, your memories of that? And we'll get to the current match, obviously, in due course. But what do you remember of that night? Um, to be fair, though, it's like a long time ago, as you say. You know, I, I just remember it. Most of the, the, the thing I remember the most was probably the. the the Champions League uh, anthem standing at the the bit because it was the first time I've experienced it uh, in a starting position uh, in a starting lineup. So it was uh, quite a special moment for myself. So uh, something you dream about as a young boy to be being able to play the elite football of that and being part of that and listening to that song. So that was what kind of comes to mind first of all was was just how big it was for myself. Um, the actual game. Um, to be fair, remembering much about it, you know, it was. I think it was quite an even game. Uh, there wasn't much in it. Um, you say it's nil nil, um, but I, I just remember it was a very wet day. And that's <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, exactly. Um, of course, there's the, the family connection this time. Yanis Hadji will be hoping to play for Rangers this time. His dad, who wasn't a bad player in his day, a bit of an understatement. He lined up for Galatasaray that night, didn't he? Yes, he did. Um, yeah, he was a top player, you know, an absolute legend for Romania and that as well, and um, uh, in legend of football in, in, in that. So you know, it was a um, yeah, he was he was a really good player, um, but lucky enough, he managed to keep him contained that day. Yeah, that's right. I remember thinking, I remember hearing Mark. I must have, I remember the game, but not enough to sort of remember the the passage of a player who was good or who was not. I think he was he was quite quiet that night. Um, but what a yeah. player! Oh, he was a top player. Uh, in his day, but yeah, Rangers certainly managed to uh, to to curtail him, and, and and you know it's it's funny when, when when Peter's mentioned that, and it's it's a thing that, that all players, whether it's ex Rangers players or ex Celtic players, and we feel well, I don't know, I feel if I'm in a stadium or, or the music, it, oh, the music just yeah. all, right, all right, Jim, me and you, I've not got a not got a hair in their head between <laughs> us, but on the back, you talk about the Peter, do, do you agree? Even when you're standing there in the lineup, you're about to take part, are the, are the hairs in the back of your neck. Get up! Are you, are you genuinely getting goose pimples when that when that music's on and, and the the camera zooming right in in your face as it goes along the, the team lineup? No, oh, definitely. You know that was uh, that was like I said, it was one of the special moments for me. You know, to be able to 
being a starting lineup in the Champions League game you know, that has been a dream for me as well so to be able to stand there and see the camera coming by and you, you've been you've been seeing that on TV for so many years and to actually be part of it and listen to that song going out there but also atmosphere at Ibrox um, in European football was always special um, it's something that's unbelievable that unfortunately um, they're not going to experience this time around so I think that will probably have a big factor as well Here we talk about the, the Hadjis maybe a slight element of split loyalties you'd always back your your boy wouldn't you over the team that, that you used to play for <laughs> I, I won't try and speak on behalf of him what about the, the current Rangers team then uh, Peter and, and the size of the challenge and the importance of the game tomorrow No I, I think it's a hugely important game you know I think for the club in general it's a uh, it's big, you know. I mean, financially as well. You know, going through to the group stage will be good financially for the club. Um, but I think also for for the team and for for the management that is there and now, uh, I think also be a good statement for them to put out. You know, to get through to the to the group stages against a, a top opposition uh, like Galatasaray will be. It will be a tough, tough game. So they've always been a good team for many, many years. So um, it's definitely not going to be an easy game at all. Um, so I think it's for everybody. I think it's hugely important. Uh, on Yanis Hadji, he of course didn't start at the weekend and Jordan Jones did and we haven't seen a lot of him but he took his chance in the sense that he scored a goal is that enough to keep him in or would you expect Yanis Hadji to return? Um, I'll be surprised if, if Yanis Hadji doesn't go back into that lineup. to be honest uh, but I would say though that um, I think John Jones did himself no harm at all you know what I mean put himself and also put a, a wee doubt in the gaffer's head that um, then the manager has to now make a decision to do um, to to find out who he's going to play. But I would say that he took his goal extremely well. You know, I mean, it was one of the it was a perfect goal for a winger type thing. The first touch across the defender and opened up the goal and slotted it perfectly in. So he did himself no harm at all. So uh, it would be a tough decision to make. There was well, there have been many times in the last couple of seasons where Rangers' go-to guy on European nights has been Alfredo Morelos. Given what's happened in the last few weeks. With the form of Ryan Kent, Peter is is he the main man for Rangers tomorrow in your mind? Oh, hundred um, percent. I think, I think in 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 the sense of that for for somebody like Hadji as well, and uh, for uh, Manelos, you know, I think Ryan Kent have kind of outshined everyone on that pitch uh, for for a number of weeks now, and um, proven how how good he is and how good he can be, and probably is more to come hopefully as well. Uh, I think he would definitely be the main man. I think in front of goal creating stuff and what he does is 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 very important for the team. And, uh, so I think he'll be hugely important for the club. Peter, do you think that um, the fact is it's a, it's a straight knockout will actually be an advantage for Rangers because it was a two-legged affair? You know, you might find that Galatasaray, like a lot of teams, might just sit a little bit looking to put on the counter. But the fact is, they've got to go and win the game to, to qualify as well. So the game might be a little bit more open. Um, and and I, I think, particularly because Rangers have done so well away from home in Europe because it's actually suited them. But at Ibrox, you know, I think a team coming towards them, um, you know, just might leave a little bit of space for Marielas for Kent. So do, do you think that it, it can work in their favour? The only thing I would say, though, when you're saying that, is that normally on circumstances with a full 52,000 at Ibrox, um, when you ask when you are a home team in Rangers and you don't normally sit back, but there'll be no fans there to have any complaints about Rangers kind of just play the game and do what you need to do, you know, and so I think that takes a little bit of pressure off Rangers in that way of we don't need to go and push, even though we are at Ibrox in that way, because normally the fans would probably push them along, want to see more, want to see them on the front foot, want to put the team under pressure. They don't have that. So you can actually just go and play the game, you know what I mean, in that way. So I think that would benefit Rangers in a certain way. We've been hearing from Stephen Gerrard uh, tonight, Peter, on the show, talking about he wants new signings. 
But to fund those new signings They might need to progress in Europe Yeah I'm, I know it's a, it's a very different time Because I'm looking at the you know that team you played in back in two thousand, and some of the, some of the European experience, <laughs> and that was just uh, incredible. Very different times. But how important is success in Europe this season, given what's at stake domestically as well? I think no matter what, I think European football for Rangers is, is huge. You know, so it's something that comes with the club, comes with the territory. So it's I don't think it doesn't matter that they are going for the league again this year and to stop um, Celtic getting ten in a row. So it's it's. It's always hugely important in Europe, so I, I, I think no matter what. But also, like I said earlier, I think for the club, financially and whatever, I think it's also massive uh, because the money they get going through to the group stages of these things have been in Europe. I think it's huge. So I think overall, it's, I think it's very important. Peter, just to ask you, I know you you were in working at, at Rangers with with some of the youth. So you've been in the yeah. the inner sanctum in in the past couple of years. Can you just give us a wee insight with, with, with Steven Gerrard and just what qualities? He has as a manager in terms of his coaching and of his, his his man management. I think he's been what I've seen the first time in as well. What I've seen most of the times is he's very good uh, of his organisation behind the scenes. And you know, I mean, having also the right people around him to help him. You know, I think his backroom staff has has been phenomenal for him uh, when they've been there. What I've seen, like I see you, I've seen it on the training pitch, and I see what they do, and I see how they prep. The prep and all that, and the preparation they put into it, yeah. they work to do behind the scenes, and they are very, very good at what they do. Um, you know, with, with the organisation from behind it. So not only is the manager Stephen Gerrard, but also his backroom staff has been uh, fantastic for him um, around the back. So, but like you say, his, his man management of players, um, I've not seen too much of because of mm-hmm. he does that, of course, in private. But yeah. what I've seen uh, is, is, and what I've heard also, is comes across very, very well. And just before we let you go, Peter, taking it all into account, then some of the things we've mentioned. How confident are you that that Rangers do the business tomorrow? Yeah, I'm quite confident. I think you know, I mean, after looking watching the last couple of games, scoring a lot of goals, uh, I think I think we are looking good to to go, and I think we'll definitely score again. Um, and also, I think uh, at the back having Alan McGregor back and go, I think it's important. You know, I think especially in Europe, if he, surely he should play again after his performance. Um, in the last in the last game uh, away for home, where he was absolutely outstanding, um, and I think he'll be also playing a huge factor because I think Gareth has is a good good team, and they will will put Rangers under a bit of pressure at times, and it's important that you have somebody like him to be to be in goal. So I think, uh, but I do think we Rangers will do the business. Good man, Peter Lovencrantz, pleasure to speak to you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, good man. Nice we Peter. just we thought we'd make Peter feel old. Twenty years wow. next month. Um, since that, uh, his first ever start for Rangers at Ibrox, it was against Galatasaray, and it's come back full circle this time. So thanks again to Peter. Still plenty of time for you to get your calls in, though. We're here until eight o'clock. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. We'll speak to you and get the full time teaser up and running next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy and Mark Greedy are here. We're here until eight. O'clock, so still plenty of time for you to get your calls in on the usual number or tweet at Clyde SSB. Now, at this time on the show, we always take in a question from you, from the listeners, and we set it out to the pundits and we give them to the end of the show to try and get the answers. It's the full time teaser, and just sometimes, Mark, uh-huh. some people out there really get the bit between their teeth. This time last week, I had never heard of the man who goes by the name of the crazy pony, I had never heard of him. And now he's got the bit between his teeth And he's firing all sorts of questions in He's got oh, the right, bit between right. his teeth Because he's called a pony Ah, exactly Something like that okay. So 
this is another one that I thought we would use tonight. So thanks. So to was it his last week? That was the, the it was a goalkeeper one last week. Hans he, Seegers and a, one like that. No, I don't yeah. think that was him. But we've right, had a couple okay. recently from the Pony. Okay. Uh, so the Pony wants to know: Can you name? And I like this one. I really do. Seven players who have played in Scotland and have started a league match under Jose Mourinho's management. Now as always If you've got any complaints About this question You direct them to the crazy pony Not to me Or Mark Weedy okay. Or Jim Duffy It's uh, the crazy I, pony's fault uh, There's one comes To mind right away Nuno Capucho Yes For Porto Seven players Now six Who've played in Scotland And have started a league match Under Jose Mourinho Was Emerson Was he there as well? Was it, was he no Porto no That's right Emerson So he's been Oh, so no, well, maybe <laughs> spit out. I was going to say Gravison. No, right, okay. I actually thought you were going to get that. I don't know why. I just I thought you were closing he's, in on it. His brain was was working mm. overtime. Okay, I can leave it there. Oh, hey, okay. Sorry, I'll, I'll I'll throw in another one. Jankowskis at Hearts. Yes, right. We're getting there. So we're now we're looking for Edgar, Edgar in, in total. And I think you'll like this on Twitter I've got a funny feeling Some of you will nail this question Seven players have played in Scotland And have started a league match Under Jose Mourinho Nuno Capucho Edgar Shinkowskis oh. Five to get Victor Wanyama No He's never started oh. a league match Under um, wow. Mourinho So that's fine We'll leave it there right, okay. 01419511025 Let's bring in Neil Who's a Celtic fan In Coatbridge. Bridge What are you thinking for tomorrow Neil? Um, I'm Quietly confident. Um, I say that way a wee bit of uh, bated breath, considering the uh, a couple of the performances recently. But def- definitely the Hibs one certainly gives a lot of hope. Um, but I'm the way that I'm full hundred million, and I want them to, to go through. With Rangers, it's Celtic's my team. Whatever Rangers do is irrelevant as far as I'm concerned. Um, is, it, is it still irrelevant, Neil? If it potentially gets your team an automatic Champions League place, though. Ah, that's that. There's a lot of ifs and buts about that question. To be fair, um, nicely but, avoided. Uh, <laughs> ah, of course. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, Celtic have obviously done runs in, in Europe um, while still winning the league before. So I can't see, I can't really see why we wouldn't do that again. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, listen, you know, from from Celtic's point of view, you know, you know, they've they you say exactly. You know, each team have to look after their own. But I just think again It just breeds confidence Winning games I think that as I said earlier on in the show I think players really look forward to European football I think it is a break From a domestic campaign And you know And, and I think that the, 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 the club at Celtic You look at their, their, their team You know and, and you look at the The players who won't be playing If you want to call it that I mean I was looking at the bench At the weekend there Such a strong bench And that was You know without Several players You know Not even in the squad Through injuries and that So I think that um, you know the, the the club and the players thrive on European football. Yeah, generally they thrive because of the atmosphere. We understand that, and that won't be there. But they still look forward to the games because I think it breaks up, um, as I said, that, the that, that, yeah, yeah, a little bit of the monotony of, of domestic football, and they really look forward to it. It's a different type of challenge. It freshens everybody up. And as I said before, whether it's a manager, whether it's players, whether it's the club, mm-hmm. the reputation is enhanced considerably. If you have a good run in European football Mark, going back to it You know, we talk about We mentioned it earlier The things you can't measure The confidence The feel-good factor It's all right saying 
Ah well At least we don't have Thursday, Sunday But given what happened Against Ferenc Varos Given some of the Previous European Disappointments If Celtic were to go out Tomorrow Can you imagine the the negativity that would be in the air The, 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 the criticism that would go towards Neil Lennon mm-hmm. The criticism that would go towards the players Who's to say that The comfort of not having to play Thursday, Sunday Would, would make up for that You know, that, that, that could set you back Confidence-wise yeah, you, you, you would only recover from that, Gordon in If time. you go and win on Sunday at St Johnston And you then You're into the, the, the old firm game after the break And it's at Celtic Park on Saturday um, October the seventeenth, uh, you would have to win those 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 two games, but it would be a very very uncomfortable uh, forty hours for for Neil Lennon uh, and his players and the Celtic board if they did not get through tomorrow night. You want to come back in, Neil? I I, I prefer I wholeheartedly agree with, with everything uh, both the Jim and Mark say. It's uh, it's that kind of it's you can't really lose in a way. It's like you win the game, you go through, you you lose and. As you say, you don't you don't have the the two games in a week. I don't know. Would I rather that Rangers play more well more games? Of course, but it makes it that tiny tiny wee bit easier. Easier for me to say. Um, but at the end of the day, you still want your team to do well. And anyone that says they would rather lose, then how can you say they're a fan? Yeah, I mean Celtic have obviously you know they've won won everything domestically, so that that's not really been as much of a concern for Neil Lennon. Any criticism that he's had, Neil, fairly or unfairly. Has usually come off the back of certain European results Or just a couple of European results really Cluj first Ferenc Varos um, Copenhagen to an extent And every time there is real Real criticism about elements of The team selection And again I'm not saying that's Fair or unfair criticism But it's it's been there What? How much is, is riding on this team selection tomorrow? What would you go for? Um, I'm <laughs> I normally one would it be Christie doesn't play up front where the players are playing in their natural positions not being played out of position like we've got players that are quality in their position just play them in the position it's not rocket science almost I don't get what sometimes but you know when it sees that we don't and especially going into games whenever it could be changed but you play the players in the positions that they're supposed to be playing then I see us winning comfortably Was it only the one game that um, you know Christie played against Ferenc Varus I mean uh, The last game against Riga Edward played And Christie played Off him So that's yeah. That's what it Again though but, but even that night though People Wanted a Yeti To play up With, with Edward Yeah I know But listen Again as I said When you go European football Sometimes you want That little extra midfield Player in there as I said, and, and, and they won the game They still won the games They had a clean sheet So I don't get As I said before I don't really get the criticism um, For that, that particular game The Ferenc Varas game Yeah I mean you lose the game You're always going to be Likely to be criticised Particularly Celtic Park But You know In this in this game Away in Sarajevo Is a tough game I mean You know There's no, there's no doubt about it So You know Yeah listen Every manager um, You know Especially nowadays Everyone's got their opinions on And uh, you know the, 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 the debate will always go on About the team selection But I think in this particular case With a jetty being injured Edward will come in. I don't think there'll be as much, mm-hmm. you know, there'll not there'll not be as much to, to debate this. I think it'll be a pretty straightforward James Forrest out injured as well. I, I think it'll be a pretty straightforward Celtic team. Uh, something else that Neil Lennon brought up today related to the, to the schedule at the moment, but looking forward as well. Um, he says he's concerned about the impact of the schedule, the international break on his players ahead of the Old Firm game on the seventeenth. It's not just the Scottish boys, you know. It's the there's really boys in the regions, you know, Sheehan with Ireland, you know, um, all our international players here going away, you know, could 
could be you know involved in three games. That would mean the play on the Wednesday um, and then travel back on the Thursday. The game's Saturday morning, so we're going to have no time whatsoever really on the training ground with them. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, a, a lot cause for concern. One, you know, picking up injuries, and and two, you know, the little time that we'll have with them when they come back. But he won't necessarily be alone. Mark, it gets the headlines because it's it's that fixture. Yeah, you know, and it's Celtic against Rangers. But that is going to be a very interesting uh, week or so to see which players come back unscathed from international duty. Yeah, for for uh, for both managers, but without knowing the exact numbers, I think Celtic will have more uh, players away on international duty with, with all the different um, countries um, involved. And it's not ideal, you know, to basically have. One day of proper training, and even then, that day will be the Friday, which Duff knows better than, than me. You know, it's just it's a prep day. You're just running through things, maybe a wee bit of crossing and finishing. You're not what you risk anything. There's tiredness, sports scientists are involved, so a lot of it uh, will be kind of video and classroom work on the on the Friday night. You know, at the hotel, maybe just going through a set plays, looking at Rangers, um, some clips, and, and likewise the same for for Stephen Jerry. So it's far from ideal. Uh, preparation that's for sure Are you the type that allows yourself Neil to look a bit Longer term and say Next three weeks Take European qualification And that first Rangers game Are, are massive for Celtic Or are you going to give me that Old football manager's cliche About taking one game at a time uh, To be fair I think as, as fans we, we always look at the, the next big games To be fair um, It's hard for not to uh, we're, we're allowed that kind of um, that thought process whereas with players obviously you could have to take it like, one at a time but like the next three weeks getting all the wins in then it could be a lot of the people that were very disgruntled with Neil Lennon and certain uh, decisions myself included um, might just love him a wee bit more <laughs> again <laughs> yeah I mean Mark don't get me wrong that, that obviously goes for both you know you can, you can either win both lose both whatever it may be same same pressures same Scrutiny on, on Rangers But the next three weeks For, for both sides Given that they'll only play What You know Two or three times within that Could be massive Yeah on and off the park Remember we're in the last five days Of the transfer window uh, To Gordon Which is uh, Which is crucial So it's first things first That they, they look at tomorrow night It is the old cliche One gate at a time You then look at It's Sunday Celtic St Johnston Rangers home to Ross County If you're in a national break They'll keep their fingers crossed That they don't get any other uh, Injuries And then boom Before they know it you know, two nights sleep with with, with, the, with the players in their back uh, into the the uh, the old firm game. So it's it's a massive month on and off the park. And you know, come the 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 eighteenth of October, we we might have a different look at the squads, and we might have a different look at the at, at the league table. Uh, speaking of transfers and, and targets, Neil, there was the story today. It didn't really. Come to much if you like But I think it was Sky reporting That Celtic had made an approach For Ryan Sessignon Who would obviously slot in At that left back Left wing back role um, Sky also then reporting That the finances of the deal um, were, were going to be a stumbling block Clearly no secret That's the area Though that, that Neil Lennon's Looking to address isn't it? Oh 100% um, I'm a big fan of, uh, of uh, Taylor But it's um, We just need someone that's can do both as defender and attack. Now, don't run the whole Sessignon thing is as much as I would like to, like it to happen. Um, I'm sure there'd be a few fi- uh, pigs flying before that would happen. To be fair, the, the finances are just not there for for, uh, for us to even entertain that kind of 
kind of deal. As much as obviously I would hope that it does happen, I just severely can't see it happening. So just to give some some credit, Gordon, to old newspaper colleague John McGarry at the Daily Mail. John broke the story in the, the Daily Mail. Um, no problem with last, that. Last night, and, and John's um, on the ball when it, when it comes to things like that. So I've no doubt uh, the way that John's. Um, Written it that there's an interest there, but there can be an interest, as you say, Neil. Whether it gets over the line, there would certainly be a lot of interest in Cessignon because he's very highly rated down south, um, too. But it's certainly one obviously that that that's, uh, Celtic are looking at for a for a loan. Yeah, I mean Alfie Doughty is the name that that yeah. keeps cropping up. Talk of Celtic going back again at Charlton. Um, Ryan Cessignon would have been the the, the sort of. <laughs> Well, beyond the upper end of the financial commitment, Jim. Um, yeah, but if you don't ask, uh, Gordon, you don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just worth an inquiry. Um, if you ask the question and they come back and tell you it's way out your price range, then fine. You just say, well, thanks very much for that. And, and then you move on. But, uh, you know, you know, Jose Mourinho or the board that, uh, to, you know, whoever it deals with, the director of football, sporting director at uh, Tottenham might just think, listen, we need to get, move some players out. We want to try and get some capital in. We've heard Jose Mourinho last night after the Chelsea game talking about needing a striker and needing somebody. Mm. You know, what what Mourinho says, I'll have a wee look at Edward yeah. and yeah. we'll make yeah. an accessing on his part of the deal. Yeah, they, you never know. I mean, all these conversations might go on in the background, mm. but. Uh, Do you think know, that's what he was talking to Eric Dyer about <laughs> when he followed him down the tunnel? Yeah, well, I don't know. I, he had a toilet roll in his hand at the time, so he's probably just trying to help him out. Have you ever had a similar situation? Yeah, actually, many, many years ago when don't I was. Don't tell me it was at Bulkhead. We can't we can't. No, it was actually road. at Capital. But I, I was actually playing for Dundee and John Brown, who famously mm. went on to Rangers and did yeah, brilliant. There's a uh, joke but, in there as well. Yeah, yeah, John Brown, yes, exactly. But Bomber went off. The pitch um, had to had to have a, 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 a quick a quick uh, scurry to the toilet and then come back out. So yeah, I mean it, it can happen, of course. What else you do? I mean you can't run about. Gary Lineker just did it on the you pitch, didn't he? Yeah, well, some well as I said before, it's no it's not really something I want to contemplate. But uh, listen, as things unusual, you never thought you would talk about. It's unusual, but uh, you know, it's, uh, as long well, as he sanitised his hands. Well, exactly. But uh, as I said, it's just the thing is that nowadays is the cameras. That's the thing. The cameras yeah. were in. The, the tunnel area yeah. and then you see the manager running after him you're thinking oh come on just a wee bit extreme for me <laughs> uh, Neil I won't drag you into mm-hmm. that conversation thanks for mm-hmm. getting in touch hopefully we'll speak to you soon thanks Jeff. good yeah. man that was Neil in Cote Bridge uh, here's my next seamless transition see when Jose Mourinho mm-hmm. was doing that did you notice anyone who had started a league game under him that's played in Scotland yeah I think uh, I did no, no, in that particular Mark. situation but yeah, I've, 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 got, I've got a couple I've of, of a maybe. couple of you got Count Cole well Carlton Cole has played under Mourinho but never started a league match. Right. Oh, I've mean, never thought of him. Done You've had the post. Right, I'll right, throw okay. one in. Um, going way back. Mm. Benfica. Oh, see mm-hmm. who. Oh, yeah. I, I love where you're going with this. I, mm-hmm. I didn't think you'd get near it. Oh, I suppose, I've, I've had many conversations with him about Mourinho. Ah, right, okay. My pal Pierre Van Hoydonk. Pierre yeah, Van right. Hoydonk. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, yep, I really didn't think you'd get that. Well done. And one more Chelsea one. I'm not sure. Mm. Gordon Strachan signed them. Yuri Yarisic. Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. we'll leave it there. Seven players have played in Scotland and have started a league match under Jose Mourinho. Nuno Capucho and Edgaris Jankowskis at Porto. Um, played for Rangers and Hearts respectively Yuri Yarisic, Chelsea 
uh, Pierre Van Hoydonk at Benfica We'll get the rest of the answers And we have a difficult situation for Kilmarnock uh, Coming up for their game against Motherwell on Friday We'll take a look at that next Number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Weary and Jim Duffy are here as we look ahead to massive Europa League qualifiers tomorrow but big stories doing rounds elsewhere also we'll get to them in just a second let me remind you of your question tonight and let me also remind you full time at Clyde1.com that's the address you need to send your questions in so the question is the seven players who've played in Scotland and have started a league match under Jose Mourinho the crazy pony has sent this one in Nuno Capucho, Edgar Shankowskis Yuri Yarasik and Pierre Van Hoydonk I've got one that I'm very chuffed with Oh are you? Okay Aye, It's Hibs And uh-huh. a lot of people might have forgotten that he was at Hibs mm-hmm. I like where you're going Aye, He's just signed for Spurs ah, He's got it Big money Throw, move back. Matt Doherty Matt Doherty, well done Yeah there's a lot to take mm-hmm. in there Because he's only just signed for Spurs And like you say mm-hmm. A fairly forgettable spell um, so He's a Pat Fenland signing I, I th- I'm sure he played in the 5-1 game Someone mm-hmm. will yeah. undoubtedly correct me mm-hmm. um, it, was a, it was certainly at that time um, Yeah I think he did I, I was there I should remember it um, I'm toiling now though God yeah. Yeah, I'm toiling Did t- Taylor Blackett? No No uh, You can sense by the tone in my voice yeah. That it's so not, we, it's not okay, the worst can, uh, Are we clue, Are we looking at He's at the European clubs Mourinho managed Or the British clubs? One of each one of each Yeah Milan I would categorise one of these as being Easy because you've been right down You've been right down this road So we're looking at a Porto player then Yeah Yeah I'll give you that much Former Porto player Duff and Chat I think that's that. I thought Emerson But it's not Yeah Oh Yeah Okay Yeah Give me some thinking time Right we're getting unfortunately used to these stories now It's, you know, football Life has changed So football has changed along with it Three Kilmarnock footballers self-isolating After testing positive for coronavirus The club has confirmed um, Let me start by saying obviously We hope those three are okay Because the health is the most important thing uh, The unnamed at the moment trio Will take NHS tests uh, To confirm that initial result mm-hmm. All other players and staff will have tests tomorrow, Thursday. Mm-hmm. So uh, the club has said in a statement, all other preparations for Friday's match against Motherwell continues. They also wish the affected players a speedy recovery. It's kind of, it's just a horrible state of affairs, Jim, where, mm-hmm. to use that really annoying phrase, it is the new normal. We've seen it a couple of times. Aki's have been there, St Mirren have been there, albeit St Mirren's was mm-hmm. quite extreme with the goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, and... We, we kind of need to get on with it As bad as that sounds Yeah I mean this, Listen this is going to be common Over the next few months There's no doubt about it You know they're going to have You know players uh, You know From time to time You know because They're getting tested To you know, At least at least twice a week So You know They're, they're going to pick up You know the odd The odd um, Situation And uh, it's Kilmarnock's turn At this moment in time But uh, I say There'll be very few um, Clubs I think Will eventually Not have any Any player At any given time as long as it's not, I mean, I think there's been one or two, um, you know, clubs we've seen um, abroad and down south who, who have had a, a real host of players, and that's what you don't want. Mm. So, you know, if we can keep a, a lid on it, then fine. I mean, even my own club at Dumbarton, we've got a player who tested positive, 
Um, you know, so he has to self-isolate You know, you have to go through all the protocol How is that um, working given that you guys obviously aren't in a, yeah, in a, bubble, in a bubble or anything yeah. like that? Yeah, well we had, we had a, a, a closed door game or They're all closed door game, friendly yeah. match should we say uh, Planned for last night, but they cancel it we, we probably could have played it Because they happened to be the player happened to have been injured And he hadn't been in, all these kind of things But just as a precaution, uh, we cancelled it Cancelled training obviously as well so the track and trace mm-hmm. and all that stuff Get onto the club And then you've just got to get through the whole procedures But mm-hmm. as far as Kilmarnock are concerned Obviously they, as you say, they're due They're getting tested again to, tomorrow The whole club yeah. And the players will get a second test So listen, the clubs are doing everything they possibly can To first and foremost keep everyone mm-hmm. safe And secondly, continue You know, with the games You know, we know the rules that UF have set out If you've got 13 fit players Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're good to go And uh, hopefully it's not a scenario Of like, like Mum had yeah, Where it was where the it affected the goalkeepers so Also this weekend Gortner starting this weekend As, as Duff mm-hmm. will know All the part-time clubs Will start having to test Ahead of their Betfred Cup games If they're playing If they're playing, 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 playing So you're going to have What 8, 9, 10 um, clubs mm-hmm. Doing that mm-hmm. And a lot There could be ones That are asymptomatic That, yeah. that don't yeah. also yeah, we, we, we need to be prepared Yeah we need to be Prepared And also as well Just to highlight Just What's going on in Scottish football And how difficult It is for clubs You know for those clubs You're talking three, four grand Gordon to go through With the testing And for the full time clubs That are doing it every week As the pennies now really Start to count And take their toll You're looking at You're looking at 25 grand a week Sorry 25 grand a month Testing And there's no money coming in It's It's a huge ask all the time For all the clubs These are full time ones And you know At some point The money's going to run out and I don't know what we do when it does. Like I say, the, the horrible mm-hmm. nature of it is you, we we kind of need to get used to this element mm. if we're going to make it through the season. Yeah. It's, it's it's still early, so people still are, you know, we kind of oh, does that mean the game's going to go ahead? I mean, that the answer is is yes. Mm-hmm. In in almost all of these situations, hopefully we never get to a stage where, you know, it's so bad in a game, has to be off. And Mark, it, it's only it's right that, that it's an unnamed trio. Don't get me wrong, because yeah. their their privacy, their health has to come first. Sure. Um, it, it it just depends You know One day It, it could be Kilmarnock's Three best players For instance Three most important players And these are the type Of challenges That at some point A, a team is going to have To overcome For a really big game And, and we kind of Need to get our heads around it uh, We do It is going to happen Nobody is going to be Immune um, from it At different stages It, it will hit The only positive I suppose that you can Say for, for, for Alex Dyer And his backroom staff Is that that he's found out in the past 24 hours So it's going to give him a couple of days prep time But that said the Next round of testing There could be two or three Yeah but Mark um, it, it, it's, it's happened over years Not coronavirus But teams have been floored With food poisoning bugs And they've yeah. lost three and four top players And then they might have to play And, and you know what like it is In this part of the world If they're playing Celtic or Rangers And they've got a weakened squad People think there's some sort of reason why but so it can happen in this particular case. Yeah, we know that, that you know it's going to happen. Maybe a little bit more on a regular basis. But at times throughout the many many years, there has been times where players and groups of players have been ill and have and, and we've had one or two times where uh, clubs have went to the uh, the SPFL and say, listen, can we cancel a game because we've got a, a flu virus or whatever kind of virus or whatever kind of bug it is through the club? So it does happen, and, and we just have to, as you say, Gordon. It's going to be more common practice yeah. We just have to get used to it Speaking of some of the, the lower league teams I think this one's raised a few eyebrows mm-hmm. There's a bit of fascination around this Jim And I'm keen to get your thoughts on it As we know in our Premiership We are running with five substitutions subs, yeah. uh, Five substitutes mm-hmm. in a game at the moment So it's obviously an increase on what we're used to Now the lower leagues 
Have voted for it And you mm-hmm. And yes. Dumbarton Leagues 1 and League 2 They will also have 5 subs mm-hmm. Like the Premiership However The Championship clubs mm-hmm. Have voted mm-hmm. against three that 3 subs So the Premiership <laughs> has 5 mm-hmm. The Championship has 3 And Leagues mm-hmm. 1 and Leagues 2 Have 5 And I think the Cup competitions Also have 5 mm-hmm. Somebody can I'm beginning to confuse myself The mm-hmm. Championship is the outlier Jim 3 subs only In the Championship I, I, to be honest with you, it baffles me, and I think that uh, you know the, the 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 I know they ask the clubs the vote, but I, I think sometimes, um, you know the the the, the people that run the club just uh, run the, the the leagues have to just make a decision, you know, just have to say, listen, the consensus over the Scottish football, the whole Scottish football is at five subs. Listen, I'll need to sign in a couple of players. I don't have five subs at this moment in time, so it's it's not really going to affect me. Well, but were you asked how does the decision making yeah. process work? Were you asked by your your chairman mm, or club, whatever yeah. to, to say? What do you think football yeah. wise And what was your response Yeah my response was I really To be honest with you I wasn't bothered either way right. But I thought it would go with the five So I just said For this year For this season Because Of what's happening Because we've got You know Players You mm-hmm. know Didn't have a proper pre-season And games And all the bits and pieces I thought five would be better Even though I think I always think It'll help the, the full ten clubs more The clubs with the bigger squads more But I think For protection of players this year because you're going to have to condense more games in a shorter period of time, I think that uh, five would have been better. Yeah, Mark, it just, to, to, to be fair to, to the league or whatever, Jim says, you know, we should have just taken a decision because when you get different divisions voting, you end up with a really weird situation like we've got. But you can just imagine it the other way around. The clubs would moan and say that they should have been allowed consulted. to vote it's not on a it democracy, etc., so. etc. Et um, well, it is what it is. Decisions it does look a bit odd, doesn't it? Crack on. But yeah, it does. You'd expect uniformity, to be honest, in the four divisions. Uh, right, I think we'll get. Let's just go straight to the teaser. Um, a good mm, question. I liked it. The Crazy Pony sent it in. It's full time at Clyde1.com. If you've got any ideas at all, I know loads of you have got brilliant knowledge and, and trivia and all the rest of it. So send it into full time at Clyde1.com. Seven players have played in Scotland and have started a league match under Jose Mourinho. You've got Capuccio, Jankowskis, Jarasic. Van Hoydonk and Matt Doherty. You've got two to go. I told you one of them was Porto. Porto. The other one must be Chelsea. Yeah? No, no, Manu. Let's do the Porto one first. Then I'm, I'm toiling. Do you know what? I've got somebody. I'm, 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 I'm thinking that it's Rangers and they played for Big Alec at Rangers. Am I right? Yes, you are. <laughs> right, get right. Give me another wee clue because do you know what? I, 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 can't I mean, manage myself. Watched right. them play and interviewing them. Started. I've got something. It's just that you need to help me. Played for. Funnily enough, he played for Spurs, not under Mourinho, obviously, but he played for Spurs in the English Premier League. Yeah, yeah I've not got a clue. Uh, scored scored a, a long range old firm goal, didn't he? Oh, Pedro Mendes. Pedro, oh, Pedro Mendes. Mendes. Right, the last one. The last one is Man United, and I knew it would be the last one. I would have mm. put everything I own on this being the last one. Please gamble responsibly. <laughs> uh, Celtic or Rangers? Neither. Oh, Hearts. I'll tell you, it's not Joel Pereira, the goalkeeper. Right. right. Uh, I don't. Was it was it under the Romanov era? No, it was only a couple of seasons ago. Oh, the the boy that played oh, uh, left back. It. Yes. Yeah, not Garrido. Nope. Um, played left back. Tough. That I, I, I thought the left back was. What's your name? Blackett, but it's not. So it's not him. D M. Dean Martin <laughs> Marquito <laughs> no, oh. Dimitri Mitchell oh, oh, right. Thank you Mark now, yeah. and Jim We're back yeah. tomorrow at 6 Callum is up next